Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The story of God's purpose in the life of an orphan is what readers will find in the new book, Daughter of Destiny, and the author, Jennifer Thomas, is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jennifer, thank you for being here with me tonight. And thank you too, Mr. Graham. Can you tell me about what's in Daughter of Destiny? Yes. This book is based on a true story. I was an orphan who grew up into the foster care system and overcame life's obstacles and adversity when all odds were stacked against me. I have accepted Christ as my Lord and risen Savior at a tender age of 13 years old. Later on in life, I began to experience a spiritual awakening to who I am as a believer of faith. Then my spiritual eyes started to see into the supernatural realm by having night visitations and dreams and premonitions. What was the inspiration for you to write this and tell your story to the world? My inspiration was to bring this book into the world to show people that how God operates and functions on a supernatural realm and how to have that relationship with God. Is this your first published book? Yes, it is. Now, congratulations. That is such a big accomplishment. How does it feel now being an officially published author? How does it feel? It feels awesome. It's an awesome and great accomplishment. Now, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Yes. My advice is to tell them to continue to keep going and stay focused and not give up. Now, obviously, this is a very personal book for you. How difficult was this to rehash and write about? It wasn't quite difficult because I've always record and abstract everything that was given to me from early on in my early age. So I'm always writing. That's my gift, part of my God-given assignment. About how long did it take you to write this and edit it down and get it formatted to hit shelves? It took me exactly six years to put this in the setting, to write it. Exactly six years to write it. Yeah, let's see, like about another two years after that to put it on the shelf. How was the editing of the book? Sometimes that can be a grueling process. Sometimes authors have difficulty with that end of things. How did that go for you? When I first wrote the book, I had to go back and revise the book and take certain things out years later. That's exactly what I had to do in order for it to come to current status. So what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you wrote this? I guess, who was your target audience? It includes people who are facing difficulty situations. My target readers will appreciate this book because it will help them to discover faith and inspiration and strength in the midst of adversity. Do you have a person in your life that you would say has most inspired you? The only person who inspired me to write this book was Jesus Christ by reading the Bible and learning from Christ's experiences. I was able to reflect on my life experience. 
I encourage readers to check this out. It's Daughter of Destiny by Jennifer Thomas, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for books. Jennifer, thank you for coming on the show tonight. It was great chatting with you. And it was my pleasure. Thank you very much. I have with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Jerry D. Warren, and we're talking about one of his new books, Live by the Spirit. It's a collection of poetry that's on shelves now. Jerry, thank you for being here with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. So, Live by the Spirit, can you tell us about this poetry? It is a a book of Christian poems that I have written over a period of a few months. Hopefully it will uh, lead somebody to getting closer to God and and uh, showing them that uh, he is a God of love and hoping to get turn somebody around. If I plant the seed, who knows? Maybe it'll take root. Now, like you said, this isn't your first book of poetry. Now, when you're organizing these collections, you're deciding what goes where. Uh, how do you decide? Well, it's mainly I, I write in these little three-by-five notebooks. As I'm uh, going through my day or a lot of times I'll be sitting in a restaurant and I'll just ask uh, the waitress. I say, you got a, you got a word. She'll say, what do you mean? Because that, you know, do you have a word? Well, she has lots of words, but when you nail them down, they, they'll say, what do you mean? I said, well, I write poetry around the word, so give me a word and I'll try to write a poem about it. It's mainly, I just write these poems and then I, I put them in, I have them in my little book. And as they come out of the book, you know, in that order, that's usually the way I put them in, I put them in the, uh, the book that I'm writing. And now that you've been publishing, do you have advice for aspiring authors that want to get on the same road you're going? Advice? All I can say is that uh, if you're going to quote somebody, make sure that, that you say it's a, a quote and give them credit for their work. Don't try to take, take credit for anybody else's work. And uh, if somebody criticized your book, which people have read my book and said, I don't get it, <laughs> don't be offended <laughs> because there's going to be people out there just that is not going to understand what you're trying to say. Don't worry, but don't let that discourage you. I have some poetry in here that are the 2B verses. You said they're more philosophical in nature. Can you talk about those? Sure, sure. Uh, let me see. One of them is, uh, let me see, it's a, uh, To be against, to be for, a closed mind will open no door. That's what it is. So now that you have some books out there, are you continuing to write, planning to publish more? Oh, yes. I am am now, my my sixth book is now in the editing phases, and my uh, seventh book, I'm about halfway through it as far as getting it into a, a volume. Yeah, I continue writing every day. That's what I do. Is it all poetry? Do you get into prose? It's all poetry. I have not written anything except verses and poetry verses. I don't think I could write a story if I wanted to, but I haven't tried. Let me put it that way. Has there been a person in your life that you could think of that's been most inspirational when it comes to your writing and your poetry? My granddaughter, she wanted to take all my uh, little notebooks and compile them into a book for the family for a Christmas gift. So I just let her have them. so while she was doing the uh, editing or the compiling, she said, well, uh, maybe I ought to try to get them published. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll do that. So I'd say that she inspired me, and then my daughter has inspired me a lot to write. Well, that's wonderful. This is Live by the Spirit by Jerry D. Warren, published by Christian Faith Publishing. 
You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Well, Jerry, thank you for joining me tonight here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you had me on. I'd like to welcome back to the Reader House Author Roundtable, author Cheryl Rhodes. This time we're talking about her new book, Lives and Legacies, Mothers of the Faith. Cheryl, welcome back to the Roundtable. Thank you for having me back. Can you tell us about this new one, Lives and Legacies, Mothers of the Faith? Yes, this is book number two in a four-book series. As you know, there are a number of books out on women of the Bible. I've read many of them. I write what is titled Creative Nonfiction. I stick to the biblical narrative, but I add history and family connections, geography, and archaeology. And I give the women life by assigning them thoughts and feelings based upon what they say and do. The books may simply be used for leisure reading, but they can also be used by a Bible teller presenting that woman. In addition, at the end of each chapter, there are a series of questions for small group discussion. Since you don't write in these books, they can be used repeatedly by small groups in a congregation. What was your target audience? Well, I don't clean up the stories for children, so the reader should be at least mid-teens. And men could benefit from the lessons these women have learned through their trials and triumphs. After all, we're all humans, fallen creatures, and in need of learning and growing. How long did it take you to write this? Oh my, I began Bible telling 11 years ago. Every month I'd ride circuit to area retirement homes and tell a story. And every time I began a second circuit with a story, I'd find ways to make it more interesting. I'd research the people group, the main person, that people group's history. And in those 10 years, I developed stories for all four books. Then I decided I'd try to reach a larger audience. I didn't intend to be an author. It just kind of happened. So looking back on the things you've experienced in your life, how have those things played into this book? Well, you know, actually, it might be the reverse. I found help and hope from learning about these women and how God intervened in their lives and through them. And so my study has really affected me. Does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. So can you think of a person in your life that has inspired you on your writing journey? Well, I guess I'd have to say my mother. And the reason is that I remember vividly, and I couldn't have been but five years old, my mother telling me the story of Queen Esther and gesturing as she told it. To remember something when you're only five seems to me significant. It really stuck. Now that you've published multiple books, you've been through the process several times, what advice would you give to aspiring authors? Well, you have to have a message, and then you have to perfect that message. Write, 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 rewrite. And then, if you're lucky enough to get uh, Megan at Fulton Books, she'll help you through the rest. <laughs> so you said this is part two of four books in this series. So where are you in that process? Or have you written all four yet, or are you in the middle of things? I'm looking at book four, Female Disciples, and I'm ready to do the final check before I have it sent for printing. So yes, I'm just about finished. Well, that's wonderful. We're certainly looking forward to that. I encourage readers to check this out. This is Lives and Legacies, Mothers of the Faith by Cheryl Rhodes, published by Fulton Books. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you buy your books. Well, Cheryl, it was great speaking with you again. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Have a good day. 
Author Doc Moss tells the inspiring story of his life in his new book, When My Mother and Father Forsake Me, The Lord Will Take Care of Me. Doc is talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Doc, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for having me, sir. Can you tell us about your book? Well, basically, I had people tell me for 20 years to write a book, but I knew it was going to be uh, very painful. And of course, I used all excuses. Uh, you know, I'm a workaholic, da 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 da. But I had one more small tragedy I went through, and it's like uh, Jesus spoke to me. He said, uh, That's the last big tragedy you're going to go through, but it's time to write the book for me. And so I went to work, and of course, I'm just an old nail beater, carpenter, and oil field trash man, paratrooper, and all that. It's all been for God and by God. Every time I would sit down to write, I would uh, pray for God's help. And then I was even remembering details I'd forgotten, like, you know, 50 years ago, but they just came right back to me. When I was doing the outline, uh, I basically cried for 40 hours off and on because I really had to look at all the destruction I'd done and the people I'd hurt, including myself the way I used to live before I finally surrendered to Jesus. You've had such a hard life, and yet you offer hope. And so that's mainly what this is telling people, is that no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, you have hope. Exactly. And that anybody can be forgiven. I uh, basically was living for the devil and didn't even know it for about 38 years. But uh, I was a hard head, and uh, it took me being nearly killing a man with my bare hands. I had PTSD and didn't even know it back then. They weren't really treating it. When I finally ended up in Bear County Jail waiting to go to prison on a 10-year aggravated assault, I finally gave up and said, you know what, I've tried everything except reading the Bible. What have I got to lose? And then the more I read the Bible, the more I especially when I studied enough to be able to tie the New Testament to the Old Testament. Oh, man, I just couldn't read enough of it and study enough of it. Hopefully God is going to use somebody like me to reach stubborn people like me, uh, hopeless people like me, just lost as they can be and don't even know it. I'm going to take the profits from the book and start a Christian-based homeless shelter for veterans. Wow, that is fantastic. About how long were you working on the book? It only took me three or four months to uh, write the book. During that time, I could have written it faster, but I just I just wanted to get my mind exactly right where I could put down what God wanted me to put down. It's just awesome to me, just everything that Jesus did when he, like uh, Michael W. Smith says in one of his songs, uh, when he was trampled like a rose on the cross, he was thinking ahead of people like me. It's just so... Uh, so awesome, it just brings you the tears. Have you ever written a book before or been published? Oh, no, sir. No, sir. This is uh, the first time. I feel real honored that God will use me to reach out and to be able to touch people that were, you know, just as hard-headed as I was. It's really a, an honor to do something like this for the Lord Jesus. That's a big accomplishment being published for the first time. Do you have any advice that you could give aspiring authors now? The only advice that I was given by a Christian friend of mine is just be yourself. You know, stay with the truth and be honest about the things. And I had to put some shameful things in the book. One of them, when I was in Vietnam, I knew that 
that chapter would probably offend some veterans that didn't understand, but I put the shameful things in so that other people that are shamed would be able to relate to that. And it's not about me. This thing is all about reaching lost people. And so it didn't matter how shamed I was in the book. It's just meant for God's purpose. That's my only advice would be to just be honest about everything, uh, even if it's painful to you or whatever, getting the message out. That's what it's all about. Well, Doc, I want to thank you for, first of all, having the courage to tell your story and tell about everything that you've been through in order to reach out and help others. And then also taking the proceeds from this and starting a halfway house. That is amazing work. I encourage readers to check this out. This book is When My Mother and Father Forsake Me, The Lord Will Take Care of Me by Doc Moss, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for your reading material. Doc, thank you again for chatting with me tonight. I had a fantastic time. Me too, sir, and uh, all the glory uh, to God for what he's done for us with his mercy and grace. Readers will dive into a Christmas-time mystery in the new book, Who Took Jesus Out of Christmas? A Marley Madison Mystery. The author, Sharon Brunelson, is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here with me. Well, thank you. Can you tell us what your book is all about? Yes, it's the Christmas season in the small town named Christmas, and they are preparing for their annual festival. Marley Madison has been chosen to be Mary in the grand finale, which is the recreation of the nativity. This honor bestows the legend of the Christmas wish. Marley wants to find her perfect wish, but as she mulls over the possibilities, friend after friend starts facing their own adversities. Then the town's 150-year-old baby Jesus figure goes missing, and without it, the wish cannot be made. Marley sets out to find it. As in her own words, she will not be cheated out of her wish. Then she stumbles upon an even bigger mystery, where the town's founder hid a fortune in gold. As she struggles to come to terms with each of her friend's problems, she faces her own adversity and turns to her wise Christian mentor, Miss Bell, for advice. You'll find a mixture of adventure, mystery, and I think some very interesting characters. And the heartwarming ending is sure to remind you what Christmas is really all about. Sounds like a really interesting story. When you were writing this, what sorts of readers did you have in mind? I guess, who was your target audience? Well, it's primarily for middle and high school age. But as I always say, it's for the young and the young at heart. I think it'd be the perfect book for a family to read together during the Advent season. And the title's a play on words as I believe our culture really has taken Jesus out of Christmas. So what made you decide to sit down and write this book? My plot was originally intended to be a short story for my granddaughter for Christmas, but six years came and went, and no story. So as the year 2018 closed out, I made a New Year's resolution to sit and write it, or else to give it up altogether. I think I was motivated because of the current cultural climate our young people face, and I really wanted to give them a book with God's message as an alternative. Is this the first time you've been published or your first book? Yes. 
though I've written many things all my life, this is the first one that's been published. Wow, congratulations. That's such a big accomplishment. What would you say was the most rewarding aspect of becoming a published author? I will never forget the day my dad came home with copies of my book that he purchased at the bookstore. I think every child thrills when you know your parents are proud of your accomplishment, even when you're as old as I am. I'm so glad he got to do this because only a couple of months later, he went home to be with our Lord. We were at our family Bible study when we first saw it offered on Amazon, and that was a thrill for my whole family and especially me. About how long were you working on this, writing and editing, getting it out there? Well, it took me about a month of dedicated work, imagining and writing it as I imagined it. And now that you've gone through all of this, do you have any advice that you could offer to aspiring authors? Yes, never stop writing, never give up your dream, write down your ideas, your characters, your plots. I kept a notebook with me at all times when I would think of something, I'd write it down because I'd have a tendency to kind of forget the details. And once you're onto something, stay with it and just keep mulling and mulling on it. Is there a person in your life that you could say has inspired you in your writing journey? My husband. He never quit believing I could do it, and he constantly encouraged and challenged me to do so. Looking down the road, are you working on another book? Yes. It's titled, Who Brought the Message of Hope to Christmas? A Marley Madison Mystery. That should be out early next year. Another mystery for Marley to solve. Do you see yourself staying in that genre, or would you be willing to explore outside of it? Well, I like the mystery genre. I started reading mysteries very early, probably before the age of 10. But I do like nonfiction, Bible-based books as well, and I've thought about writing one of those. This is Who Took Jesus Out of Christmas? A Marley Madison Mystery by Sharon Brunelson, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for your reading material. Well, Sharon, I had a great time chatting with you tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, well, thank you for having me. The new book, Taking on the Legacy of Christ, challenges readers to grow deeper in their relationship with God. The author, R.J. Schumeyer, is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. R.J., thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you. How are you doing? I am doing great, thank you. So can you tell me about what Taking on the Legacy of Christ is all about? The book is about taking on the legacy of Christ and knowing how to build a spiritual and a natural life with God and knowing what the devil tries to do to stop you from building a spiritual and a natural life with God. So how did the idea come about to write this? The idea really came about in two things. My mom. My mom called me one time because I used to, used to represent, uh, take a legacy of Christ. And one day she called me and said, uh, you know what? Legacy of Christ should be a clothing, a clothing brand. And I said, you think that's going to work? And she said, yes. And I, that happened in 2016. And then when I went to Mike Murdoch's church one time. He was showing us how to write a book in his workbook. So that's how the idea pretty much came about. Is this the first book you've written? Yeah, that's the first book I've written so far. Wow, congratulations on getting published. What's it feel like now to be a published author? It feels great because I never imagined uh, have a book published. 
not just published, but being being interviewed and have it on, on big platform markets. Do you have any advice now for aspiring authors? Yes, I do. First thing what you want to do is think of what kind of title you want in your book, on your book, and then think about how many chapters you want. And then as soon as you figure that out, then what kind of stories you want in, into your book, either life stories or stories that you like that you learn from others or whatever. While you're writing your book, did you ever get kind of stuck for ideas in that writer's block kind of mode? And then how did you overcome that? Yes. Well, what I, I did get stuck. What I would do is, if I, when I do get stuck, I would stop writing and then just go back, go back to it uh, the next day or two to see if any ideas came back in, into my head. What kinds of reading do you do to keep yourself motivated or inspired? Just pretty much like spiritual books or like wisdom books that I like reading like Bruce Lee. I like Joyce Myers and Mike Murdoch's books and any books that can help me get better and help me write my book. That's the books I really enjoy reading and, you know, and learning and writing and writing into a, a, a book. Are you pursuing more writing? You thinking about maybe publishing more? Yes, I'm ready to uh, publish more. Matter of fact, I'm working on the 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 uh, volume two of Taking the Legacy of Christ right now. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it. Do you have any final words for listeners about taking on the legacy of Christ? Yes, I, I learned this that when you, when you're alive, you're building you're building up your legacy. When you die, you're leaving it because somebody's gonna have to learn from you, so on, so on. You know, so. Just remember just to continue to encourage yourself and motivate yourself to, you know, to keep going forward. That's great advice. I encourage listeners to check this out. This is Taking on the Legacy of Christ by R.J. Schumeyer, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you buy your books. Well, R.J., thank you for being here with me tonight. It was a pleasure talking with you. It was a pleasure talking to you, too. Thanks for having me. The Somber Side of a Scientific Mind is the new book on shelves right now by Christian Tyoder and Lynn Tyoder. I'm talking with Christian right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Christian, thank you for talking with me tonight. You're welcome. So can you tell me what the somber side of a scientific mind is all about? Poverty, desire for high education over quick rich accomplishment, perseverance, professional success through hard work, coping with social and political turmoil, unrewarded sentimental and financial sacrifices, conflict between traditional aspects of life and materialistic world of today, and finally, a remarkable legacy of a scientist pervades. What kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? I guess, who was your target audience? Scientists, religious personalities, students of high education, adult children who neglected to acknowledge that the family bond should be the cornerstone of the happiness throughout the generations. I believe that the title of the book, together with the cover presentation, are enough to awaken the intellectual curiosity reader searching for variations of theme commonly encountered in people's daily lives. 
So is there something that persuaded you to sit down and actually write this book? What was your inspiration to write this? For having experienced a vast knowledge of human overseas and to a certain extent at home, I said to myself, why not share my personal living experience with fellow men? Is this the first book you've published? Yes, the first book, but not a novel or I call this undetermined genre. Uh, but my, I have written several scientific and medical books in the past. And about how long did it take you to write this and have it published? It took me five years. I make several overseas trips to provide humanitarian service to people who had no access to medical care in developing countries. And I taught medical students in these countries. Therefore, my writing had to be repeatedly interrupted between these trips. Second, collecting stories from these underprivileged who have no knowledge of English, French, or German languages require all the time an interpreter by my side. This process took a good amount of time and patience. After having spent all that time and all that patience writing this and having it published, how do you feel now seeing it up on shelves and knowing that your work is out there for the world? The completion of this book is one of my finest accomplishments. But my publication of a dozen of medical research articles had already given me that feeling. Perhaps this dual accomplishment has a somewhat diminished my excitement when the books announced that it was finally published. Do you have any advice now for aspiring authors? Yes. Carefully study the background of any publishing company that would be author have on his or her research list and take time to carefully go over each of the many services they listed before signing a contract. Verbal promises are out of question. Too many local unknown self-publishing companies tend to make wonderful promises but never keep it. They keep you in limbo and you don't know how to proceed further to have your book published when you finish paying in advance the service these companies were supposed to carry out. And now that you've published your first book, are you thinking about more? Or are you working on another? I'm working another and on a remarkable matriarch living in war-torn nation. I encourage readers to check this out. This is The Somber Side of a Scientific Mind by Christian Tyoder and Lynn Tyoder, published by Fulton Books. You'll be able to find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Christian, thank you for coming on the show today. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. Have a good week. The new book, Apocalypse, Here and Now, Are You Ready?, gives answers to tough end times questions. The author, Betsy Fritcha, is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Betsy, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's a pleasure to be with you and all the people who are listening. Well, I'm happy to be talking with you today. Could you tell me all about Apocalypse Here and Now? Are you ready? Yes. This book is based on hearing what God is saying. He wants his voice to be heard above all the other voices that are being heard in our culture today. And most people are mostly influenced by what the culture around them is telling them. 
And when they only listen to the media input, this becomes truth in their lives that they live by. And in today's world, truth is whatever people decide is truth. But when people inhale as truth what is derived by their personal environment and surroundings, whether good or not so good, this is all they know. So they interpret truth by what they perceive as truth. And so they choose to live their lives by preconceived ideas. And there's only one who is truth. His name is Jesus Christ. And in this book, I build on Jesus as the only truth and way of living and genuine peace. And this book is for those asking, why am I so unsettled? Why do I seem to be scared about what I don't even understand? And it aids the reader in finding answers that may surprise them, but as well can lead them to know truth and live in genuine peace, even in the midst of chaos all around them. This book takes the reader into discovering actual truths that they may have never considered and as well leads them to make personal free will choices that determine where they will spend their definite eternity. Every person daily chooses how they will respond to their circumstances. This book helps people freely choose how they will respond to unsettling circumstances. How did you get the inspiration to sit down and write this? Well, I got this inspiration by the God of heaven and earth himself. You know, and when I was considering putting another book out there, I said, Lord, there's so many books out there. Why would I want to write another book? And he said, would you write this book for the one? He said, there's one that I want to reach. So this was the inspiration from the Lord who wants to reach the one and lead into truth and give them true peace. And I especially want high school and college students to read this book who may be struggling with how they perceive their world around them. This book is concise and to the point, and it's only 75 pages, but it's power-packed information that can personally change the direction of lives to know and accept genuine truth and peace. So this isn't your first published book. Can you tell me about what you've written before? Yes. The other books that I've written are Shekinah Glory Reveals Wisdom, The Voice of the Lord Speaks, and this book is unique in that I wrote it with my personal conversations with God back and forth that he said he wanted me to publish so that his voice could be heard above other voices speaking. And so that one is a unique book. The other book is Israel's Glory Unveiled. There's revelations in this book from the Word of God that I haven't seen unveiled anywhere else, and it's the Holy Spirit who's unveiling it. And my most recent book that was just published in 2020 is Infinite Destiny, Truth, and Wisdom. And this book is my personal journey with supernatural experiences of the Lord's taken me into. I didn't really want to write this book, but the Lord asked me to write this book so that he could be seen as he wants to be seen. So I'm really excited about that. And my newest book coming out in 2021 early is Creative Living from Original Design. And this book expands insight and understanding and knowing how to freely and creatively live in truth to his Jesus Christ. The reader will learn how they can creatively live in truth and how they're made in God's exact image and likeness to creatively design their forever destiny that is innately within them by God's design before they were born. Each person is born with a unique destiny to fulfill. So in this book, Creative Living from Original Design, you learn truth as how to creatively design your innate destiny that lasts for infinity. And I'm really excited about this book. This is Apocalypse Here and Now, Are You Ready? by Betsy Fritcha, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Well, Betsy, thank you for coming on the show today. It was great chatting with you tonight. Thank you, Corey, and God bless you and all the people that are listening. 
Author Eugene O.I. Michael Uhuegbu writes about the state of the world in light of the end times in his new book, Why the Earth Must Die. Eugene is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Eugene, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. You're welcome. Can you tell us what your book is all about? Yeah, the book is about the entire humanity. Who we are and what God wants in us, it allows our departure from God's purpose and therefore making us completely contrary to the plan of God. And indeed, it makes us useless to God in our present lifestyes. If the lifestyle continues or persists, there is no need for us to continue on earth. That is what the book is all about. How did this book come about? What gave you the idea or the inspiration to write this and have it published? It's just a book called Revelation. I didn't just set out to write a book. I just got the revelation from God, and I had to obey God to put it down. What groups of readers did you have in mind whenever you wrote this? I guess, who was your target audience? Indeed, the entire humanity, you and me, everyone, especially those who fear God, and we can encourage them to continue to fear God and to continue to believe that God sees their work. And it's important also to understand that to do otherwise, there are consequences to it. And that's what the book is warning about. Is this your first published work? Not necessarily. I've done some other works. And now that you've been publishing... Do you have any words of advice for aspiring authors? Yeah. To do any work needs patience, endurance, and to endure hardship. Talking about patience and endurance, it takes a lot of time to write books. How long did it take you to write this one? Yeah, the, the idea came a long time ago. But the actual writing took about two years to put it down and complete it. Was there ever a point when you were writing that you encountered writer's block? And if you did, how did you get through that? A lot of uh, obstacles, a lot of challenges, but I looked on to God, you know. So what kind of feelings do you have now that you've published this and your work is out there for the world? Oh, that's it's a joy always to serve God. That has been my desire in life, to see that I'm able to present something before God and humanity, that's fulfilling. Well, I encourage readers to check this out. This is Why the Earth Must Die by Eugene O.I. Michael Uhuegbu, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you buy your books. Author May Wapus is talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and her new book, Mama, Mama, Michelle's on Fire, is on shelves now. Welcome to the show, May. Thank you. So can you tell us what your book is about? It's about my daughter who was 10 years old at the time. She was badly burned in an accident in our home, and she spent six weeks in the Shrine Hospital. And it's all about her, what she went through, what I went through as a mother, and what I saw the Shriners do for the kids. How did you get the idea to write about all of this and get it published? Well... I tried, started writing it in 1980, but then I didn't have a good ending. So I never finished it. And then 
2017, we had a family reunion, and my daughter, Michelle, at that point, was about the same age as I was when she got burned. And she said she knew what she went through, but she didn't know what I went through. So she would ask me to write the story so she would know what I went through as a mother. So I wrote it. Did you have a certain group of readers, I guess a target audience? Well, the Shriners, first of all. (laughs) But anybody else who's interested in children, it should be interesting to anybody who wants to read it. Is this the first book you've written or the first time you've been published? It's the first book I had published. Now, congratulations. That's such a huge accomplishment in life. How do you feel knowing that now you're a published author? Great. (laughs) (laughs) I always knew I could be. I just never got around to doing it. And do you have advice now for people who are looking to write, looking to take the same journey you did? Yes, it's never too late to get started because I wrote the book in 2017. I was 86 years old then. If I can do it at that age, they can do it much younger. So if you want to write a book, go for it. You're not too old. Absolutely. That's great advice. Now, looking down the road, are you writing more? Are you thinking about maybe publishing more? I have a few books that I started, but I don't know if I'll ever get them finished. I work on them occasionally. Two are fiction. One is nonfiction. I'll work on them. I encourage you to do that. Writing is such a great habit to have, and especially to get your story out and help others with the things you've gone through. Well, not only that, but it keeps your mind sharper. Absolutely. And I can tell then you've been doing a lot of writing. I've enjoyed writing all my life. I have one poem that I wrote and was made into a song in Nashville, Tennessee. I wrote the lyrics. I have that on an album. The name of the book is Mama, Mama, Michelle's on Fire by May Wapus, published by Fulton Books. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play, as well as anywhere else you buy your books. May, thank you for coming on the show. It was great chatting with you tonight. Well, very nice talking to you, too. Author James Hudgen gives readers a peek behind the scenes at an illustrious golf course in his new book, 50 Questions Asked of a Pebble Beach Caddy. James is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. James, thank you for chatting with me tonight. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and I hope this interview goes well because I'm loose and I'm ready to talk about some things uh, in the book, uh, 50 Questions Asked of a Pebble Beach Caddy, where I caddied for over 30 years. That's fantastic. Can you tell us about the book and how it came about? Well, over the years, I've kind of felt, you know, meeting all these great people would be something to talk about and to share and to keep autographs. So I've always kind of kept it in the back of my mind. It just came about out of necessity. I'm getting over there a little older now. I don't want to talk about how old I am, but definitely no spring chicken. And I no longer caddy. I'm over here in Lemoore working in a golf course and I just thought it was time. So when, once the title came along, 50 questions asked of a Pebble Beach caddy, it just popped. And I just came up with 50 questions. What was it like being a caddy at Pebble Beach is one question. What was my biggest tip? Who did you caddy for? Questions like that. How did they play? And so I just put it all together with the stories to go along with each question. You have a really unique perspective. I love this. Is this the first time you've been published or the first book you've written? 
This is the first book I've written. I've done some stand-up comedy over the years. I've just always been, you know, a speaker and not afraid to get up in, in front of a group and put it down, make them laugh. So that's a huge accomplishment, getting your first book published. Now that you've been through the whole process of writing and publishing, do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Yes, I do. <laughs> what I got out of the experience is you've got to just keep writing. If you misspell or something, you can always go back. But if you lose your train of thought and you let the uh, writer's block take over, you've got to find a way to distract yourself to get back at it. And so I think the biggest advice is if you get a writer's block, find a distraction that helps you pick it up later. But don't just sit there and just, oh, I can't write and just freeze in the block. Do something else and then come back to it. It makes it a lot easier. And once you start up, just keep going. And when you run out of breath, take a break. Do your chores, do what you have to do, and find that space to where you leave the distraction alone and you have the passion to get back at the task like any trade man has. You know, when you're building a house, you start here. It's an adventure that turns into a journey. I'm not sure if that's exactly what I, I'm saying. It's just... It's something you start, and next thing you know, it's just what you do. It's, you just keep going. You just keep building and building and building and, until the last bolt is tied down and you figure that's complete. You definitely have to have a game plan of your start and your end and your middle and your highlights and ups, ups and downs and just go with it. Just keep writing. That's good advice. Now, looking ahead, are you thinking about writing another book? Yes. Come down with the title once again. Um, I've had epiphanies, I guess. So, yeah, I've got a few ideas just to keep myself busy since that distraction I've set up for myself. <laughs> it always goes back to when I write something. <laughs> so <laughs> you're always thinking about writing something, yeah. Well, James, I really love your creativity, and I encourage readers to check this book out. This is 50 Questions Asked of a Pebble Beach Caddy by James Hudgen, published by Fulton Books. You'll be able to find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else you pick up your books. Well, James, thank you for joining me tonight. It was great chatting with you. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. To all the readers out there, there's lots of autographs in there, the people I've met, and the stories, the feedback so far has been really positive. People are really enjoying the stories uh, about the players. Thank you very much for having me. We all need some encouragement sometimes in the craziness of everyday life. And author Russell N. Duncan's new book, Greatness, Give Him All the Honor, the Glory, and the Praise, offers just that. Russell's right here on the show with me tonight. Russell, thank you for being here. Thank you too, Corey. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. appreciate you being here. Can you tell us what your book's about? Well, it's about, uh, you know, life's challenge and struggles that we endure, and even the, the good times, how we could be able to handle it and how it can be, uh, be effective in our life if we deal with it in a, a certain way. It's mostly about things that we do on the everyday being and seeing if we had come up with some solutions of things that we don't know about. So how did you get the idea to write this and have it published? Well, I was a minister at this church. And the church was called the Fruit of the Spirit. The uh, bishop was named Anthony Llewellyn. He used to give us assignments to get ready to preach and uh, bring the message. And uh, he used to assign us a certain day, but then he started telling us that he wanted us just to be prepared. 
because he'll call us any time. So I started writing all these sermons and stuff and everything just in case he called me. And then when he was called to go and uh, pastor his other church, the church we was at folded. And so I've I seen all these sermons and everything, and it just some just told me, you know, the Spirit spoke to my soul to say, you can still tell them about me. So I started, I got all the sermons and stuff I wrote and started to put together a book. Is this mainly for a Christian audience? Is this for broader? Uh, it's for everybody. I mean, because we all can go through trials and tribulations. And like, whether we Christian or non-believe, we still have problems and everything. Anybody want to pick up and learn and know what to deal with for a circumstance and situation? It's for everyone. Are you going to continue writing? Well, yeah, I would like to do that and everything, because when you can send out words and encourage to help build someone up, that's what we need, really need to be done. And the Lord touched my heart to go ahead and do another book. I have no problem with that. So do you have any advice now for aspiring authors looking to go down the same road you've gone down here? Well, one thing I know for sure that you got to trust Jesus, your Lord and Savior, because God gave everybody's gifts. Everybody have a gift and talent. And once you trust him as your Lord and Savior, then ask him what your talent and gift is, and you put it to use. And when you put it to use and everything like that, he will get the honor and the glory and the praise from the things that you do and the talent that you have. My first thing is tell him, you know, accept Christ as your Lord Lord and Savior, and he'll do the rest. Well, if you feel you need some encouragement, then check this book out. This is Greatness. Give him all the honor, the glory, and the praise by Russell N. Duncan. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and everywhere else you shop for your books. Russell, thank you for coming on the show with me tonight. It was fantastic chatting with you. All right, thank you, sir. May God continue to bless you and your family. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.